the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills Nato 210 fans, welcome into 90210 So, a Beverly Hills Nato 210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me, as always, is my good buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? Hey, hey, JT. I am pretty good. And we're trucking along here. And I think with uh, this episode, we're getting maybe something we've been starved for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some more uh, some more Dylan-Brenda action here. Although, um, it, it goes in a direction I was not entirely ready for. So, I'm looking yeah, forward this, to getting into it. I'll say this episode was pretty much fully off my radar. Like, I did not mm-hmm. really have any memory of this episode at all, so... Right, yeah. All right, we'll talk about it in a moment. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest. He is a multiple-time uh, guest here. I, I, didn't, I always forget to look and see, like, you know, if we have to honor. Like, is he at five yet? We can check quick mm. as we get going. Yeah. Uh, but that is our good friend, Mr. Rocco Martone. Rocco, how are you? I am great. I'm a return guest. And with me, I brought somebody from my first episode ever because uh, we got a problem with the rhythm section in this episode, guys. And we, we got a synthesizer that has returned. <laughs> To the full. Oh, shit. And I lost my mind when I saw that. And maybe a Uh, girl who shows up, too. That's from a different episode. But we're talking about Big Jim's keyboard in this episode, guys. (laughs) Oh, man. This is uh, your fourth appearance, Rocco. Rocco, it's your fourth appearance. So we're not at the magical five yet. But you're close. You're close. I'll get my jacket. Get it ready, buddy. Get it it tailored for me. Mm -hmm. Get your Steve Sanders Memorial um, sunglasses and tight shorts. Yeah, man. I got my sideburns growing in like Dylan, and I'm ready to uh, to go back to the 90s. Give me the hat kid's hat. All right. Well, let's do it. Uh, since you've been here four times, of course, we can skip over your relationship with the show and dive right in. And that takes us to Season 2, Episode 23. It's Episode 45 overall of the show. Aired February 27th, 1992, entitled Cardio Funk. And we have a big bounce back in the ratings of 21.3. Uh, Tim, we, we went in pretty, pretty depth on the last one, uh, you know, with the sinking rating down to 16 and seven, uh, it being the Olympics, you know, kind of a busy time, mm, yeah. but it seems like maybe word spread of what was going on in that last episode and brought people back. So, um, they get a nice little bounce back here at the end of February. Yeah. And we've also talked about the spotty scheduling where they, they haven't mm-hmm. had a whole lot of consecutive back-to-back weeks. No. Yeah. And that's got to be annoying as a regular viewer where you, you want that momentum and you want that, you know, that just the habit of, of sitting down and, and watching the same thing at the same time every week. It's appointment television, right? So yeah, that's something I think they'll get better at uh, in later seasons. Well, with more episodes, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, we have two weeks off after this one. Actually, mate. Yeah, maybe three weeks. March 19th is the next one. So uh, definitely a big gap. But after this episode, we're in the final five of the season. Tim. So we're closing in. Wow. We're getting there to the end of the season. That seems two. like an early, early uh, wrap up to the season. If, um, you know, yeah, we've only got a few left. And well, they skipped some of the weeks February. again. It's uh, May 7th is the finale. So 
Okay. Well, there's a uh, okay. another show that I believe airs that starts right after that. So I so think maybe that's, that's why they wanted to squeeze that uh, in. Oh yeah. yeah. So, we, so we do have we do have yes a spinoff uh, on the way. So hmm. And I don't think there's much time in between the end of nine hundred two one zero and the beginning of Melrose. So week wise, so I, I think they jump right in. Yeah, I would assume so because they probably wanted to ride the ride the wave. Um, let's see uh, could be. Uh, I was going to say July eighth, uh, actually. Uh, for Melrose, July eighth, ninety two. This aired um, May. The finale of this one was May seventh, ninety two. So now they actually take about almost two months off. Yeah, they, they didn't wait for like the fall season. So they, no, they, no, no, no. Yeah, well, right. they didn't. They had success long, yeah. with with nine hundred two and zero, and actually they pretty much run concurrently because. Melrose starts July 2nd and 90210 season three starts July 15th. So they only take two yeah, months well, they, off of 90210. Yeah, they as kind well. of their first first few episodes of, of Melrose are basically crossovers where you're right watching you could watch the shows back to back. I mean, there's not a ton of development. It's really just one mm-hmm. romantic subplot. But um yeah, as I recall, um Melrose place really wastes no time. I mean they're they're jumping right into those like 30 plus episode right. seasons. From, well, I think they had the template the here, right? They knew. Yep. And there's a little foreshadowing mm. in this episode with Kelly and her uh, liking a little bit of an older man, perhaps. Maybe, oh. that. Maybe mm. some foreshadowing when my spinoff show. Or just the, her uh, ongoing daddy's issue, daddy issues. You know? <laughs> and when I start mm. Melrose Place to Be. That's right. Uh-oh. My spinoff pop. Well, I'll be you and Tim, so you guys better start planning oh, now. Shit. <laughs> You could be. A, I have a lot of time to put this together. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got time. It's plenty of time. You got you got uh, a bit before we're there. Uh, all right, let's get into cardio funk. Uh, we open at the Peach Pit. Jim, Nat, and Brandon are lugging in some big boxes, and Jim says Nat's going to rack up traffic. The cash register is going to be jamming. All thanks to this client of Jim that's given him this equipment. And Jim says, "Ensure the whole crew, Brandon, is at the pit to rock and roll." We then head to a jazzercise type of class. Brenda and Kelly are having fun. They're laughing. And there's a guy named Tim, fittingly enough, who's also doing mm. the class. I don't like him. Never trust no. him. No, not, not the best Tim I know. Brenda says it's her first time doing this class. Kelly says Tim is cute. And Brenda says we're not here to meet guys, Kelly. Keep that in mind. We then head over to an AA meeting. Uh, someone named Sarah is talking about her story and Dylan's in attendance. And he realizes he knows Sarah, even though she says she's a first timer. And Sarah, in her speech, no, she's in her speech, I guess, her discussion, says she thought she hit rock bottom a year ago. She got drunk and almost drowned while surfing and was saved. And Dylan tells the guy sitting next to him that, uh, you know, her friends actually saved this girl. That's how I know her. She was known as Betty, Surf, Surf Betty. Sarah says she met a guy and moved in. They drank and he beat her up so bad she had to come here. And she's been sober for a week. Back to Jazzercise, Tim Matthews officially introduces himself to Brenda and Kelly. We find out he's pre-med at UCLA, flirts it up with the girls. Tim says he doesn't feel like doing uh, going to study organic chemistry, so he asks Brenda to dinner. Brenda says Kelly's a ride home. He offers a ride, but Brenda shuts it down. Tim says he wants to call her. She tells him finally she has a boyfriend after Kelly kind of gives her a glare. Brenda chuckles at the flirting, and Tim says he'll see them back Sunday night at the class. Kelly says we're only supposed to come Fridays while Dylan's at AA. Kelly says Brenda was coming on to Tim, and she only said she had a boyfriend because Kelly was there. So, uh, Tim, any thoughts on these kind of introductory scenes? We meet Tim Matthews. Mm-hmm. We got something cooking at the pit. Sarah, the surf girl's back at uh, back in the picture. It looks like. So, were you surprised that they they brought her back as like a callback? 
I was very surprised. I again, a lot of those, pretty much all of those uh, first season one-off characters are truly one and done. And mm-hmm. the fact that they they kind of dug her out of mothballs all these episodes later, uh, I, I mean, I like it. I I enjoy when the show does these things and and remembers its history. So, welcome back to the show, Betty, or I mean Sarah of of Betty and the Surf Ninjas. Um, mm-hmm very good stuff there uh cool call back um you know i I'm, I'm glad we got some some background on the guy that dylan was talking to during yes. the meeting because he kind of just at first seems like some rando and he's sort of like blowing up sarah's spot by telling him all this stuff i mean it's, it's not really divulging anything i mean i guess it is sort of personal talk about how she almost drowned and all this stuff well she and said it though in the she in i guess she started it, but, yeah, um, she she did say it's just the, uh, yeah i almost it, died and this and that and all he really says is my friend saved her right I, I guess i just think that um one of the ideas behind um alcoholics anonymous is i don't know protect someone's anonymity right <laughs> um there's, there's two words just, in that yeah if, yeah <laughs> If she's not divulging it, maybe you shouldn't. I, well, it gets it worse just, later too, when like it does. Yeah, you know, the guy, the guy start telling in, everybody. In odd casting, the guy—that's the drummer of the Doors, by the way, John Densmore. What the hell? Why yeah, I do not here? know why. Like, just some random ass casting, but I don't know why I recognize him. I read a book that he wrote once, and I looked at him. I'm like, that's that's the fucking dude from the Doors, and I looked it up, and it was. Hmm. Jeez, maybe he's just a fan of the show, kind of. Yeah, thing. I guess dudes just hanging out. With Friends with Aaron Smelling, maybe, and yeah, you never know how someone knows someone in LA, right? This um, this cardio funk class, uh, you know, to this day, my mom still does jazzercise. It's just her thing that she does uh, for exercise to to lose weight. But um, anyway, uh, Tim uh, Matthews, he. This is wild. He he knows like immediately. Brenda and Kelly say, "Hey, we're we go to West Bev." We're, you know, they don't say what grade they're in. I don't think, but he is just like openly hitting on Brenda. I mean, yes, yeah, and it's not the first time like, we've. It's not the first time we've no, had something like this. Not at all. No, but um, this is like a full adult man just openly pursuing a 16 year old basically like eh, it's whatever it's fine uh, i mean the show has no commentary on that whatsoever because <laughs> uh, again like you said they've done it before and it's been a running it's thing one of those, for sure where they have the college yeah. guys or older guys the teacher remember like that whole thing like we've had mm-hmm, multiple mm-hmm. times with definitely with older younger stuff you know and there's definitely, it's there's always definitely... just a culture shock i guess when it happens is all yeah. And there's men in the class, but like there's a guy who's just like Booker T, by the way. But there are men in the mm. class, but it's like it seems like he went to that class to hit on chicks, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. It's it seems very predatory. Um. For another thing is the uh, Brenda having no rhythm and athletic ability. Like Kelly's <laughs> nailing it. Yeah. Kelly did have an exercise tape. I'm pretty sure Jenny Garth in the day, but Brenda is mm. so off key. <laughs> Off time, and I know they don't really play music when these guys are doing it, but she is not the most athletic person. The class is great because it opens up on like really talented dancing people, and as they get, like you could tell in the back that the people in the back are just like high right day. fillers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh Brenda. She says like, uh, she say, I, "Who do you think I am, a fly girl?" Which is a nice little reference there. But yeah, 
Brenda looks adorable, but she uh, she does not have rhythm. No, no, not at all. Which is a shame because during some of the dance scenes in the show, you, I kind of think of Shannon Doherty as being one of the better dancers. I mean, not that she's great, but she's never lacking in rhythm like she is in this scene. So I don't know what's going on here. Also, real quick, you, they never said karaoke machine, right? I had no idea what the fuck No, they did not. They were right. teasing I am it very invested. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really one of all these subplots that have started very quickly. I, I think I'm most interested in what the hell is going on at the beach pit. Yeah, no, they they did not say. You could kind of see what it was. I don't know what else you would think. I mean, honestly, I thought maybe it was like a new type of jukebox at first or something. Because um, well, that's a big screen. Forget, when I think, yeah. yeah, when I think karaoke machine, I think of like a little box. But then it's like, oh, they got the big fucking full screen on there, too. So I guess that's what you have. Big, big time client gave yeah. it to him. So. Yeah, never says the client by name, but just keeps saying the client. Right, big client. All right, Dylan talks to Sarah. They catch up a bit. She asks about Brandon. They talk about him. She says Brandon and his sister saved her life, and they should have let her drown. But Dylan says it's not their style. <laughs> they talk about surfing, and Dylan invites her to join him in the morning at the beach. Brandon's helping Nat set up. Nat says, since the recession, the night business is down, even though lunch still does well. Someone knocks on the door, and it's Dylan, and he tells Brandon about Sarah. Brandon brags about his great mouth-to-mouth skills, which uh, seems a little appropriate, perhaps. But <laughs> Dylan then moses over to the Walsh house. He asks uh, Brenda about jazzercise. He shows off his... Uh, minted 90-day sobriety chip, which he's very proud of, of course. Dylan then invites Brenda to his AA meeting on Sunday, but Brenda says she may have plans, but she says she'll cancel them when he kind of hangs his head and gives the eyes. Dylan says he's going to head home because he has to get up early to surf. And of course, we are at the next morning at the beach. Sarah's there waiting for him. She's grateful that he invited her. We get a surfing montage. They're ripping it up. Then they're hanging on the beach and talking. Sarah says she gets a natural high from riding, riding waves. And they talk about how the beach goes hand-in-hand with drinking for them. It seems so natural. Dylan asks about school. She says she dropped out due to her boyfriend. uh, But she got a job shampooing hair at a salon. And he goes, that's great. (laughs) Like, it was obviously not something she's proud of. But he takes it as like, oh, good job. Get a job. Uh, And she goes, no, not really. Uh, But she is applying for beauty school. And he says, well, you can cut my hair. Uh, A lot of flirting here. Like, Dylan's clearly enamored a little bit. Um, I'm sure part of it is that she's attractive. A little bit of it is probably the kind of like she's like me piece, right? Kind of the mm-hmm. AA attraction yeah. uh, there as well. So like when she says, uh, I used to love to get high and ride those waves. And Dylan's like, yeah, that's like people. No one else gets that. Like he's like, yeah, they're they're bonding over that mutual thing. Right, right. And he's maybe either mistaken that for attraction or is attracted with it, you know. And then she tries to touch his hair, which is interesting. Uh, yes, she does. I mean, she's not. We'll see as it goes. Like she is not subtle or hiding anything. No. Was the was, no. the was the recapitulation by him and Brenda shocking to you guys? Like I didn't. I was a little shocked how quickly they just are yeah. giving their lives back to these people. Like it really came out of nowhere for me. For me, it feels a little forced to me, especially this early, and especially like. Brenda meeting some rando at the gym, right? Like, who's well, I think he meant to just say, like, look, they've been together now for a while for 16 year olds. Like, this is a pretty long time. And, you know, I think she's just kind of, I think it was meant to say, like, you're supposed to look at other people and be attracted at that age. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that are different to date. It's, and it almost to me, this was more like she was less into Tim. 
but more into the idea of like other guys out there that could be different than Dylan. Like that's how I like things it. are getting a little there is a yeah, there is a scene coming up where they establish things are maybe getting a little stale, a little too comfortable. Right. Yeah. With, well, with it is the attention aspect of like I mean, when I was more of an asshole in my younger days, I would the idea of like a girl who has a boyfriend might be easier to get than a girl who doesn't because all you have to do is do those little things to a girl who hasn't had them done because she's been dating the same guy for two years mm-hmm. and you look like, you know, you look like he did two years ago. So that idea is kind of what's happening with uh, Brenda, I think. With Dylan, it's a little different. It's definitely a little more, uh, there's a little more of a vibe of this person being similar to them. But for Brenda, I do think it's that thing. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I apologize to all the people I was addicted to in my past. The, the surf montage music is fucking terrible. But I'm glad we did watch this on the on the drive because uh, mm-hmm. we didn't bring we didn't mention uh, "Give Up the Funk" by Geraldo playing over the dance oh, yeah. earlier. Using this episode, we did watch this because uh, it's not on. We should have mentioned this. This one's not on streaming anywhere, uh, so we had to dig it up, and so that means we got the original with the music, and that it just adds so much to this. Right, except for yeah, but this it's like I feel like this could have used a little better music for this. Yeah, the, the surf montage <laughs> that music I would have if I didn't know better I would have thought was like a temp, right, like a dub, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they dubbed over like a Dick Dale song for for this shit. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, so Jim's all fired up the next morning. He's excited for karaoke night at the Peach Pit. We finally find out what's going on. He says all the guys at work are coming, and Brenda says the crew's coming too. They'll all be there. Brandon says the Peach Pit's gonna be packed. Jim says his clients say the more they're there, the better. And once you do it, you're gonna be hooked. And reveals that he will be singing as well. Uh, the phone rings. It's Tim Matthews asking for Brenda. She kind of panics and talks. And then she flirts a little bit. And we get the eyes from Jim, Cindy, and Brandon. Uh, Brenda turns down an offer to hang out. She hangs up and turns around. And everyone's kind of, you know, staring back at her. We go to the beach. Dylan and Sarah are wrapping up. Sarah invites him to a movie. But Dylan says he's got plans. And she says it's not easy being alone. And Dylan tells her to go as many meetings as needed. Even go again tonight. As many as you need. Um, and... Uh, I thought it was interesting here, too. He doesn't mention Brenda, right? So both of them, Brenda really didn't mention her boyfriend until Kelly put the eyes on her. And Dylan very easily could have said, I have plans tonight, you know, with my girlfriend, right? And just put this to bed. But he purposely clearly didn't. Now, he may try and defend himself and say, well, I knew uh, I didn't want to, like, give her more bad news and make her drink. But I think, obviously, he didn't want her to know at this time that he's got a girlfriend. And lying is a major tenant of something that you do not do in AA. They uh, mm-hmm. teach you never to do shit. Like, that's, you should be always forthcoming. So he's definitely dangling this chick along. He's definitely, you know, trying to get yeah. Yeah. Uh, get both things uh, accomplished of uh, seeing how far he could take it with this girl and not feel guilty, I feel. Right. Yep. All right. Back at the Peach Pit, Nat welcomes everyone to the debut of Karaoke at the Peach Pit. He invites Jim Walsh to sing the first song since it was his idea. Jim is fully in his bag uh, in this episode. He, he's got his swagger on stage. He thanks everyone for coming out and says, for my first number, uh, we have an old favorite. And he sings, uh, do a ditty. And then we get, I think, my least favorite part of any episode since uh, Brenda's nightmare <laughs> yeah. driving. Yeah. Um, the montage of only the crew and nobody else, just just Donna, David, Brent, like just the crew also singing that song and all butchering it. Um, yeah. What I don't understand. No one. Why? When does? Why does everyone sing the same song? Like it's karaoke. <laughs> you do different songs, and no one else is singing. Like, why are they all trying this one song? Because Jim did it. Jim crushed it. Jim was awesome. But like, 
Tim, why why are they all singing this one song because, in, in this montage? Because this is the type of thing that only happens in TV shows. And oh, it's God, it drove me nuts. And could you imagine could you imagine going this, to a show and yeah. seeing that happen eight times of fucking uh, <laughs> Manfred man, Manfred Mann's fucking do a diddy bullshit happening like eight times around? It's or like when you hear about like the cover bands video. that play the big hit song like twice in a, a thing. But oh, yeah, man. Jim was enough. Just why do we need that? Pablo Escobar it was a really, of karaoke uh, you know, gym over there. I don't use the term cringe lightly, but that was that montage was a very cringe moment for this show. And and the cherry on top is Brandon kisses Brenda. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, I, what the fuck, dude? I guess when you hear a do what diddy eight too. times in a row, you forget yeah. who your sister is and you just start kissing anybody. But but they, they should have just had them as like backup. Like they got up on the stage behind Jim and they're butchering it a bit or so, or something. Mm. But like I don't get why like they'd have four straight performances of the song. Like do something else. It just made no no sense. Or do a montage of them singing different songs, which could have been funny as well. Sure. And why do they all get to go first? Jim's whole staff is there. Why aren't they going? This whole thing annoyed me. It's just TV show logic. I mean, you just everyone's hooked on the on the on the yoke, man. On the they can't get enough, and that's the song. That's the only song loaded on the jukebox for the karaoke. It's Good weird. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Like, imagine you show up to this place from like you heard the karaoke. You sit down. And then these townies <laughs> all sing the same song five times in a row horribly. Like, would you stick around? <laughs> it's like, like I would not be staying there. It's like in the office where they do the Dundies at the Chili's. It's like, who the fuck would want to go to Chili's and have some fucking whole office of people right. totally like monopolize the time of anything? And they're yeah. not just like off key in the way a, a normal person would be off. Like, they are comically bombing this song, right? That really shouldn't be that hard to just. It's a simple song. Yeah, and, just kind of. And why is Brandon up with Dylan through? and Brenda when Andrea is doing it all by herself? Yeah, it makes. Sense. Yeah, really. Wow. It's funny you you brought up the office because it actually reminded me of another scene I hate, which is in the office at Jim and Pam's wedding, where they do the uh, the dance down the aisle, and Ooh. like it's only the people from the office and nobody else, and mm-hmm. he's like, got no friends from before that time. It's like, <laughs> well, they're about to do their Poor like family. vows, and we stop for twenty minutes for like. Like this, people dancing up and down the aisle from the off. Like it just made no sense. And like it bothered me then, and this bothers me. It's the same concept. It's just like forcing. And this is an easy one. This could have been easily done differently. It's like when you do your barbecue, and only the and the podcast people try to take all your time, and you're like, I have other friends. You gotta leave me the phone. No, I just stick them all at the same table. Can't <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan and Brenda back at the Walsh house. He says he never saw so many sober people acting stupid in his life. Uh, Dylan offers some food, offers up some food, and uh, Brenda says times have changed. Uh, he usually wanted something beyond food, and now he just wants to eat. And Dylan's like, no, no, I can still go for that if you're into it. <laughs> um, but as they start to kiss, she notices Dylan has a message. So she hits play on the machine. And it's from Sarah. She says, I'm not doing well. I need a drink. Please call me. Brenda's not happy, but she tells uh, he tells her she's on the program. It's supposed to be confidential. So Brenda says, you know, I'll get me right home and then you can give her a call. I'm OK with it. So Brenda's. You know, I feel like she's come a long way. I feel I feel like a year mm-hmm. ago she probably has a full on fucking rage meltdown, but here she understands like Dylan has a role in all this for others, so she's gonna let it go. Uh Dylan shows up at Sarah's and she also I think has a more inherent trust in him than she did in the past. I think that shows mm-hmm. her too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So Dylan shows up at Sarah's. She's a complete mess. We see her boyfriend has passed out. He's got a bottle in his hand. He wouldn't leave, she says. Dylan kind of rustles him up and tells him to go. His name is Doug. And uh, Doug looks like Sarah's got another guy. He calls her a slut. Dylan tells her to head out. Doug said he didn't know that sobriety patrol makes house calls. Or maybe they just do it for blondes. Doug finally leaves. Sarah begs Dylan to stay with her just in case he comes back. And he promises Doug won't come back, but he'll stay the night to make sure she's okay. Kelly and Brenda are jogging or jogging and uh, talking about Sarah's message, trying to figure things out. Brenda reminds Kelly how she knows Sarah and is upset that Dylan told Brenda and not uh, her about Sarah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dylan told Brandon and not her about Sarah. Brenda says she called Dylan late and this morning and he didn't answer uh, either time. And Kelly tells her just to ask him, but she doesn't want to push it. And she wants Dylan to tell him, tell her himself. She doesn't want to have to be the one to ask. Wants her to proactively come to her and say, Sarah's this chick, Betty. Kelly says, it's not like Brenda told Dylan about Tim. And Brenda gives her a look. <laughs> not a fan of that. Um, Jim singing his song all through the kitchen. His duo ditty. Sydney tells her to shut the fuck up, basically. Uh, Brandon asks Kelly and Brenda what they're getting in shape for. Because they're been working out hardcore here. Brenda asks if Dylan called. But Brandon says no. But Tim did. Kelly gives Brenda a little bit of shit. And says she's sure Brenda will tell Dylan all about Tim. Brandon, Brandon kind of wants answers before he gives her the number and she gives it up and he says, my lips are sealed. So uh, Rock, I thought Brandon's a good brother here. He's letting Brenda explore a bit, even though Dylan's his boy, right? He's kind of like, okay, I get it. You know, you're shopping around just to see. I'll, I won't say anything. Stay out of it. Um, it's always curious where your loyalties lie because it is very wishy-washy in, in your life how you're going to choose who you do side with. And I could see right. in other instances where he would take Dylan's side, you know, but this one he's right. actually got is uh, his sister's side, which I don't know which one is the one you're. Well, I think in this one, he sees him a little bit of himself in this scenario. Like, I think he could see him mm. doing this. So that's why he's not going to judge her. Uh, as many times as Brandon can be judgmental and hypocritical here, he's. I think acknowledging like, okay, this is kind of okay to do at our age, you know? Yeah. And I think he understands like if he, he is friends with Dylan, but I think he deep down knows that this is not a relationship that's good for either of these two people deep Probably. down, like, you know, two children and this guy who's having this intense relationship with this chick, uh, like they're just different people from, and have, you know, coalesced in this relationship. That's, you know, obviously Brandon's a smart man. So he, I think he realizes just let it play out and it'll all, you know, come out in the, uh, the wash, as they say. Alternative theory. Uh, Brandon's lips are sealed, except when he's kissing his sister. I was going to say, maybe he just wants them to break up so we could finally get in there. Or that shared bathroom. Yeah, or well, were they hooking up already in real life at this point? Oh, I well, didn't know that was even a thing. So when did uh, Jason Priestley and Christine Elise become a thing, right? Because I think they were in a very long term. So you're saying when he says extra, why are you exercising? He's actually jealous. Like, what the hell are you exercising for this new guy? For? Yeah. Right. Well, me, and you're just walking he's also going to be sitting on her bed, giving relationship advice later in the episode, which is mm -hmm. certainly a look. Uh, My guess is season one might have been like the Brandon. I think that Jason was more season she had one. To already hook up. Yeah. I mean, Kelly's really sassing Brenda in this too. And it like, does mm -hmm. show like she's been friends with Dylan longer. Right. So mm -hmm. like. Well, I think it's a little that. bit too like he's try. I she just says, I don't know. Kelly's been taking more of a moral stand. I guess we know she's headed that way, and maybe they did it a little bit too for a juxtaposition for where she's going to go. You know, next season. I don't know if they have that mapped out already, but kind of like she's been on, on her high horse quite a bit over this season, right across the board. 
uh, whether it's with Brenda, with with Mel, David, like like Dylan. Like I feel like she's really taking a lot of people to task. So I'm curious if they do this to set her up to like really be hypocritical for what is to come. Yeah, could be that. Could be also. I, I think that we've talked about how Kelly is a lot more street smart than mm-hmm. pretty much all the characters on the show. And she even said, you know, we joined this, this cardio funk class to get in shape, not to meet guys. And immediately she has clocked this dude. Right. Yeah. And is like, come on, Brenda, are you really that dumb? Like get for this bullshit. Um, you know, get giving this guy your number. Like, what are you doing? Just, and she is raised by a single mother, so she knows what it's like to be unfaithful and what it could do to people, and now it's not cool. So, yeah. Well, the interesting thing, too, we never even see her give him his, her number. So I'm like, did, yeah, we did don't, he look her, look her yeah. up and call her, right. or did she actually give the number? I feel like they don't really say for sure. I kind of assume that she must have just done it off screen. Yeah. It, it is weird, though, that they don't establish that. Maybe there was like an age but, walk um, for the uh, – in the uh... – <laughs> In the, the exercise class, or yes, like a yeah, like a sign up sheet. Sign up sheet, yeah, yeah. could have. I mean, I don't know if he got her last name. Maybe he got her last name from the sheet and then looked her up in the phone book. I mean, mm. something like that. I mean, it is like kind of nuts. This guy is straight up calling her, and if she didn't give him her number, then I would take that as. I mean, there's already red flag, a million red flags here, but that is like a total. Or what are you doing? You know, and like, and call, and calling a house with a teenage girl. In the right, 90s, with her parents, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back then, it was you didn't know who the fuck was going to answer that phone, man. You know, I mean, foreign right. Polish nope. Polish dads answered phones and yelled at me when I was a teenager. <laughs> you don't ever know who you're going to get. Um, I had a I had a kid. Uh, I was friends with when I worked at Stop and Shop, and his name was Paul, uh, but his real name was Joe, and he but he hated it. And I think only his parents called him Joe. He used Paul for I think it was like his middle name or whatever. And when you his his family was like hardcore Portuguese, like I don't think they spoke much English. So when you'd call and be like, "Is Paul there?" Who? Like like they had no knowledge like that he was Paul. I don't know. If, I don't know if they didn't know or they just were like assholes about who? it. So you'd know, be who? Be like, "Oh, is Joe there?" And then they go get him. Um, but it was kind of a running gag for us. They so never picked up on the gag either. They right, just asked kept... for Paul every time just to hear the who. There's something about parents and their disinterest in their son's friends that. True. It just even even coincides with that. Like, yeah, we don't even know his nickname. We don't fucking give a shit about that. Right. Stuff. We don't care. We named him Joe, and that's his fucking name. <laughs> this, by the way, um, this can't be true. But it, I mean, that scene earlier where you know Dylan and Brenda are kind of joking about how oh, it used to be last thing you were interested in was food when we you know after a night on the town. Da da da. That. Was that the first we've seen of the interior of Dylan's oh, house? Oh yeah, his bungalow. Yeah, I was thinking. Well, no. How about when the I the exterior is totally different? The exterior no. is not right. the house we would see later. But but is the interior ever... when Iris was there? Was it the same? Remember, they were drinking coffee at the table or having breakfast or whatever. Wait, was that? That was meant to be his house, but I don't know if it looks right. like this. But was yes, it, this it, is it, the it, modern. This is the indoor, inside of Dylan McKay's house that we'll come to know. That we're more used to, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I think it was a different set when Iris was there. Probably. I'm still really unclear on when he, like, moved. Like, when did he move from the hotel into this house? I, I know that. Around this beginning of the season. They say it, don't they, at some point? 
that he got mm-hmm. the house. I, I feel like they say it. I don't know. So, but anyway, it, no, he's got more square it feet certainly was lost. Than I have in my <laughs> that 18 year old has more square feet than I do at 40. Yeah. So. Right, come on. His dad's a millionaire. Sarah takes uh, or makes Dylan breakfast. He wakes up on her couch. Sarah tells Dylan he looks cute in the morning, and she makes her move and they kiss. But Dylan stops her, says it's not a good idea, but not because he has a girlfriend. He says because of the twelve steps, and she says too bad. Uh, Dylan says the thirteenth step is when people in the program fool around, and he tells her she can't keep getting involved with any guy that's nice to her. But she's undeterred. She says she needs Dylan so she can stay sober. Dylan says she doesn't even know him. And she says she needs a drink, but he begs her to go for a walk or go to a meeting. She says she only wants Dylan. And he finally tells her, I have a girlfriend, and it's Brenda. She backs off, but says she can't do this alone. She's scared, and they hug. And Dylan says, I promise he'll help her and uh, that he'll see her at the meeting. We go back to the gym, which we found out is called Bob Silver's Health World. Tim is chatting up Kelly, who gives him shit about pushing Brenda, uh, pursuing Brenda, even though she has a boyfriend. Tim says she's fair game if she's not engaged. Uh, and he's just relentless. And he says it. I'm relentless. Uh, we cut to the AA meeting. We found out that Dylan's bringing the coffee. Uh, Phil is leading this one. They wrap things up. And Brenda's with him, as she had promised, because she was not at the gym. Brenda says it's intense and fun. And not what she expected. She said everyone gets very personal. Brenda says that Dylan was quiet tonight. Uh, doesn't he, Don't you have any secrets? And uh, sponsor Ben comes over. He meets Brenda. And Dylan asks Ben if he, she's, uh, he saw Sarah tonight. And that he's worried about her. And Ben tells Dylan, work your own program and she'll work hers. But Dylan's clearly concerned. We go to the Peach Pit. There's a woman on stage butchering a song. David, Donna, Steve, and Andrea kind of crack it up. The Walshers come in. Jim's pumped about the success of karaoke night, and which is every night now at the pit. Nat says, hey, you know, they're here and they're buying it. Jim says uh, he feels a song coming on. And Cindy says, no. Jim gets up. He gets some applause. She sings, she's my baby. Uh, and Brandon tells Cindy only three hours till closing, so settle in. Kelly and Tim arrive. Tim tells Brandon he's got a cute sister. She cracks some jokes. Kelly says Tim is only there for Brenda and says Tim won't take a hint. In come Brenda and Dylan. They watch Tim, uh, Jim singing. Jim, <laughs> Jim between songs says, who knew accountants could be so groovy? Uh, Brandon tells Brenda her friend is here. Tim calls her over. Dylan wants to know what the deal is. Tim talks to Brenda as Jim is singing in the background. Brenda introduces Tim to Dylan. Tim says they go to cardio funk together. He tries to crack some jokes, but Dylan wants to be a part of it. Dylan goes to make a call to see uh, Sarah to see if she's okay. Cindy comes over. Brenda introduces Tim to Cindy and reveals her dad is the guy who's on stage. Tim says him and Brenda should do a, uh, go sing, and they do a duet. Wild thing. Dylan hangs up and sees Tim and Brenda singing. He is not pleased. Dylan calls Brenda over and says he isn't mad, but he's worried about Sarah. And he needs to go find her. Brenda tells him to go do what he's got to do. She's a little bit attitude again. But again, I feel like this is mature. She understands. Even though I think inside of her, a little part was just wanting to have more time with Tim without him leering yeah. over them. So she's okay with him leaving. Dylan says, Sarah's counting on me. Kelly and Donna chat. They kind of wonder why Dylan's leaving. And Tim says he'll give Brenda a ride home. So, Tim, any uh, thoughts on the stretch? Hmm. Um, I'm just imagining myself I, again. I'm sorry I keep going back to this, but if I'm pre med at UCLA, mm-hmm. I've I've picked up this underage girl. Now we're gonna go and hang out with her friends at a um fifties novelty uh diner. 
her high school friends, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, and we're going to do karaoke. And uh, it's just, this is maddening. This, this is completely insane. <laughs> Who does well, this? And it's crazy that, like, I mean, I guess Jim doesn't meet him. But Sandy doesn't question this. And, like, we no, know soon, like, and we know from the past and coming up that Jim is super protective of her. Yeah. And there's a scene in a few minutes where he's like, oh, like when they're talking outside, he's like, oh, it seems like a nice guy. Like, does he just look young? Do they think he's just young for his age and they don't know I mean, he's what, in college? Yeah, I guess? Which he does not look young at all, by the way. I mean, no, that but neither does his kids to be forecasting or, or their but, other. Yeah, friends. but I mean, yes. true, true. But I, I do think he looks noticeably. Maybe I'm just used to them, but. I right. think he looks noticeably older than the other actors. But but, but also to, to say to his the guys the the chick's brother, you have a cute sister. I mean, that is like ba- like you are that is like you know walking down the street yeah. like a dangerous street with a hundred dollar bill in your hand. Like you are like begging for uh, some something to happen to you. I mean, I'm as a guy who never was in college and hit on a high school girl because I dropped out of college. But so. I, it's just like the balls of meeting the parents and schmoozing and and talking to Dylan like that. Like it really is like a bra- this guy's a brash, brazen motherfucker. Big, like big time. This, yeah, this guy really has no boundaries and really might be the most cocky dudes to ever be on the show. Like he just uh, yeah, does not give a I'm shit. Thinking. Like he's flaunting mm-hmm. it in everyone's face. Um, and I love how Dylan he doesn't lose his cool at any point, but you can tell he's just it's one of those. Come on, Bren, type of moments. I do like his asserting his dominance in the situation by beckoning Brenda over to him. Like, he yes. gives her the old, like, come uh-huh. on, get over here real quick. So he I think does give her that, yeah. he's, once again, he's confident in his stature. and He knows what he's doing. Once again, he's trying to get out of the situation. She's trying to get him out of there. So, like, it's a weird game of these two people who their their flags are planted where they they don't want someone to take their girlfriend or boyfriend, but they do want to see what the options are kind of deal. Where mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird game that's being played. And uh, by the way, the woman butchering the song was the song You're Cheating Heart by uh, Hank Williams. So uh, I don't know if that was on purpose, but no, I'm sure mm-hmm. it was. There you go. All right. So a lot going on in the scene. Uh, Dylan shows up at the apartment. Sarah and Doug are drinking. Doug offers Dylan a beer. Dylan is pissed that Doug gave her a drink, but he says Sarah was already drunk when I got here. Sarah blames Dylan, says it's your fault for turning your back on me. You didn't listen to me. I said I needed you. Sarah tells Dylan to leave. Doug calls him Mr. Clean. Uh, Dylan tells Sarah to come with him, but Doug says she ain't going nowhere. Doug takes a swing and misses, and Dylan throws him through a table. And Sarah throws Dylan out. We go home, and Jim, uh, who's been amazing this whole episode, goes. He, and this is like, the del- I can't even do the delivery justice. He's undressing in the room. And just goes like so matter of factly. I don't know how Sinatra does it. <laughs> <It's> such, <laughs> such an amazing fucking line. I think um, like, how does he do it at seventy five or something too? Like, yeah, he he's like, oh, he's seventy five. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Uh, said he says Brenda and Tim are still outside talking. Jim says he's a nice guy that is talking. Outside, Tim is still putting real, on. The full sorry, court. real quick. That's yeah. Jim doesn't. Get, he has no. You could say Brenda's outside fucking the football team, and he is. Oh, he so does in not his, care. Right he, now. he is Completely so feeling out. like it's like a teenager again that he yeah. does not give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big part of him not caring either. It's like yeah. just, and we've seen that with Jim before. Like when he's on a high for something, is when he's mm-hmm. just so carefree about everything. His right? kids do not exist as long as he's getting his. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's running around shit. Minnesota at eight, in seventy six or whatever. I guess just fucking loving life. 
so Tim's put the full court press on. He offers to leave and never look back if Brenda says so. But Brenda says, I don't want that. So she had her out. And it said they kiss. Brenda stops, says they shouldn't do it again. Tim says they should. So they do kiss again. Brenda stops again and apologizes and calls things a night. And Tim says, think about it. And that I like, you know, I like you. Brandon uh, visits Brenda in bed, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, she says she's not going to school, but Brenda pops up and tells Brandon she kissed him and says what happened. And Brandon says it's just a kiss. And she says, yeah, but it was an awesome kiss, and I feel guilty. Brandon says they're supposed to kiss different people when before you settle down. We're only 16. Brenda says she's uh, sure her and Dylan are meant for each other, but why did she like Tim and the kiss? And Brandon says, it's called being a human being, Bren. Um, so... Again, Brandon's kind of got the same approach, right? Like, you know, we're kids. Like, have fun. Enjoy yourself. It's fine. We all do it. Don't worry about it. Which I want, I want to see him say that when his girlfriend kisses some other dude. Right. But yeah, really. So the, the awesome kiss and stuff, like, Dylan's kiss with that chick was way more intense and passionate than this mm-hmm. weird bullshit peck that Brenda gives this dude. I mean, that could just be like acting, but it did seem yeah. very different. Like, well, I think the Sarah Dylan relationship is is on an emotional level because of the AA piece. Like, they're both recovering alcoholics. They have this intense vibe, um, and they knew each other from before. Whereas Tim is more like, oh, you're drunk at the club and you make out with a guy on the floor and you never see him again, kind of thing, right? So it's like the idea of opportunity, right? Like the opportunity is what yeah. keeps you you monogamous or something like that. But like for Brenda, if this guy didn't come along. This probably wouldn't have happened, right? But for, right, yeah. For if there Dylan, wasn't someone that was putting on the hard press, yeah. But for Dylan, I feel like this was bound to happen, right? There was right. he was bound to have this something happen with someone. Well, and especially with the whole, yeah, the emotional connection there of they're like reminiscing and romanticizing the whole getting drunk on the beach thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, we can't do it anymore, but it's still like this almost shared experience and in a way they're like replacing the 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 substance abuse aspect of it with you know a a sexual component a a physical component which i think is a standard i mean never been in recovery but i think it's a standard thing right most addicts divert their addiction with other addictions right especially in the place that that sarah's in probably more so than dylan but it's but it's sexual it doesn't seem or hard to get gambling there, or whatever, you know, you know food. Yeah. Like it's, you know, usually displace one with the other. I feel like mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah a, you're right. She's a much more vulnerable place right now. Yeah. And she's no. just, I mean, like you're saying, yeah, like it's like, uh, it's like a club that they're both in a kind of mm-hmm. deal that really like is, is firing, uh, you know, lighting the fire even uh, stronger for these two people that right. maybe Dylan, because he doesn't know people his own age, right? There's no, teenagers his high school friends don't and he's mentioned that a lot of times about you guys don't get me you don't get where i what i've done and stuff and now like someone comes up and does and it's you know it definitely has to be enticing all right we go to the peach pit there's another song being butchered by some old dude the place is clearing out singing is terrible uh all the kids are there you know they're debating who's going to tell nat this is terrible and we don't want to be here anymore they pull brandon over and they say look the karaoke is too much doesn't need to be all day. One time was fun, but this is too much. And Andre says it's not even theirs anymore. We don't get to all sing do our ditty in a row. Anymore. <laughs> we don't get to, to monopolize everyone else's time, like social parasites. Steve tells Brandon to tell Nat it's karaoke or us. 
Uh, Brandon tells to Nat, he says the karaoke's fun, but the peach pit and the people in it are not the same. Nat knows it already. And Brandon says the kids are going to boycott. And Nat says the pit's always been a juke joint. And the kids are the lifeblood. And where's his bread buttered? It's right there. So Nat tells Brandon he's got one job. Break the news to Jim. Uh, the karaoke's dead. I will say, I think there could have been a middle ground here. I think Nat could have done a karaoke night. Um, like, I didn't sure. think we had to go all out and just kill it. Like, it's a bad idea in the first place to have a 24-7 karaoke setup. So, like, just do karaoke Fridays and Saturdays, you know, like, and, and you're fine. Yeah. Like, you don't need it every night. Yeah, maybe these ungrateful fucks could not say they're going to boycott this guy's restaurant I mean, who's been like a father right. to them all. <laughs> uh, Brandon, Brandon says uh, he calls it rank. They're like, this yeah, is terrible. He does. Yeah, it's rank. It's I was like, rank. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, Ryan rank. Gray was listening to this and said, man, this. Uh, yeah, I definitely like uh, Nat, not even hesitating, basically just tells the olds to go shit in a hat. He's like, yeah, this. Well, he knew. He knew it was dying anyway. He's, he's a shrewd businessman. He knew. He knew it was already dying a slow death. This was just the confirmation he needed to make the mm-hmm. move. But again, I, I think they could have not done twenty four seven. It would have been better. Right. Know? This hostile it's just, it's, it's an insane idea, room. right? That's an insane. It's very insane. Thing. Yes. Especially at that kind of place. Like it's not like it's a karaoke bar where it's all karaoke, right? Because those are fine if it, that's the idea of it. So. Yeah, but you don't go there for an omelet in the morning and have some motherfucker singing "We Want the right. Funk." Unless you're a national. It kind of <laughs> does feel like more TV show logic, though. Where the one thing becomes like the only thing right you ever yeah, yeah. see associated with something and it's just all right that's it's not reality but if this doesn't happen then if he doesn't stop with the he needs this to learn that he needs to start having more bands come to the peach pit yeah right. maybe it's the his, first uh, thought in his, in his head yeah yeah he's like mm-hmm. after dark is my next I- great idea so uh well, it's more Val's idea, but uh, we go to Cardio Funk Tim. Well, I guess maybe more Steve's Tim. At Cardio Funk Tim asks Brenda and Kelly what they're doing tonight. Brenda wants to talk to Tim. Tim's ready for it, but Brenda says we should not see each other anymore. Tim makes one more push and then tells her go out with a lot of guys. You're in high school. Brenda says she only wants Dylan. Tim says Dylan left you standing, and Brenda explains that Dylan went to go help someone in trouble. He doesn't turn his back on promises. Tim apologizes. He said he just wanted to convince himself that Dylan was no good, and he hopes Dylan appreciates what he has. Brenda goes off to her locker. Tim goes and talks to Kelly. He tells her that Brenda dumped him and asks what she sees in Dylan. He's not even that hot. I thought that was a funny line. (laughs) Kelly says Dylan and Brenda are meant for each other, which, again, I like this. I don't know if they meant it or not, but it's good foreshadowing that deep down Kelly believes they're meant for each other, even though we'll see what happens soon. Uh, Tim asks kelly if she has a boyfriend and they kind of walk off giggling uh dylan and brenda talk about sarah they're back at his house brenda says she knows who sarah is and she asked dylan why didn't you tell me and he says i don't know <laughs> at least he's honest he's like i don't know uh and she tells him think about it dylan asks about tim says he was at least trying to help someone and she says aa is a big part of dylan's life but you can't get too involved just like ben said and dylan says looks like sarah doesn't want any help anyway Dylan talks about the struggles of what rock bottom is like. He apologizes for last night. Brenda apologizes too. She promises Dylan has nothing to worry about Tim, but she does tell Dylan that they kissed and Dylan says, well, it happens. And he admits that he kissed Sarah. Brenda asks what's happening to them. And Dylan says, Hey, maybe this is what it's like to be married for 20 years. And someone catches your eye. And Brenda says, what you should do is be flattered and look away. And Dylan says, he doesn't want this to break them up. And she says, neither does she. And Dylan says, we're going to be okay. We go to the Walsh house. Jim's playing his Casio. He's got his uh, ear earphones in, and he's practicing wild thing. 
Cindy and Brandon are watching. Brandon says, looks like dad's been driven underground, <laughs> uh, which is funny. And Cindy says, he's a survivor. And Brandon says, he'll go down singing. Um, so a fun little ending. But Tim, I was surprised we didn't get like a dial back to Sarah. They just left it that. I know. She's it's, a drunken. It's... Usually we'd get her coming over, apologizing. I'm going to rehab. Some closure. Yeah. <laughs> Something. But no, we leave it that. Look, she turned Brandon uh, Dylan down. She's going to have to do her own journey. And she's in trouble. I don't know if she comes back. Maybe we'll see her again. But for now, we're left with with no closure. Yeah, her and, her and Doug. It's another weird ending, a very asymmetrical ending, where the what's sort of the the a plot of the show is is not what not what we end on. Um, although I guess I guess the first scene in this episode was uh, unpacking the uh, karaoke equipment for the. The peach pit. So there is tone, there's a lot of tonal people. shifts in this episode, right? From the A yes, plot and the B are. plot. It's, it's it's really real. It's real all over the place. Um uh yeah, it's um it is so odd that we just leave Sarah hanging like that. Um I I don't think she comes back, but no, I'm guessing not. Before, so also like the scene with Brenda and Dylan is it's filled with dread. Like there's no hope. Like if you're watching that scene, yeah. I am not seeing hope. This is sad. This is literally maybe one of the saddest yeah. things to watch is these like teenagers acting like they're fucking 60 year old people, mm-hmm. like in this weirdly lit wood paneled house, just having this really depressing conversation where it's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm an old drunk and we've been married too long. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather well, make just having a realistic 17 years old. epiphany almost like, all right, this is what it's like. We're a little bored. And I, I, you know, we've talked about it almost every episode, right? Like, yeah, they've been boring. They've been ho-hum. There's been nothing going mm. on. So I like that they actually use it as a catalyst here, right? That Very much, you know, yeah. And, and we know, like, they do do something a little crazy soon. So maybe that was them. We'll see if that's them feeding off of being bored, right? Um, and then eventually where things go. So, And there's so much. Their beginning of the relationship had so much going on that, like, having, right. like, a, like, the diurnal fucking bullshit of the monotonous day be now what the relationship is mm-hmm. i mean a lot of people have been in relationships where once the drama is gone you realize that's that drama was not love it was just kept you doing oh. stuff all the time right. right right so like once that's gone like it's like oh well this is just a regular this is just me hanging out with my friend and that's you know that's happens a lot more than it doesn't happen i think with a lot of relationships probably shouldn't happen with two hot 18 year olds but you know Right. All right. Uh, let's get to our awards here. Uh, for best scene, I went with Jim's first karaoke. When he gets up, he's feeling it. Do I diddy? Uh, it's immediately killed by the montage, but his moment in time on stage as a hero of karaoke, uh, I thought really spoke. Uh, it, you know, and what is an oddly subdued episode given its subject matter. I actually have a lot of contenders for this. Um, I, I kind of like that scene of Dylan waking up at Sarah's place and she's just totally white knuckling it. Right. She's like, I want to drink so bad. Like you have no idea. And she's like, I can't do this on my own. I didn't know how hard it would be. I, it just felt very real. Um, She's also very desperate. 
in the moment it, where she's yeah, making her food and she she's, and yeah she yeah, just she doesn't want this dude to leave and i'm sure that that house is not filled with you know mm -hmm. lots of options and sure, she's just yeah. like this is what i have she says here's, as much yeah yeah here's breakfast and a coke and i'm gonna try to bang you in the morning like it's just a very like in a scene that you would think in a episode really that you think would be filled with like lots of emotional outbursts and whatnot it you know it's um it's like two people having this this very what seems like a very like adult heart to heart mm -hmm. that you know ends with them you know like being pulled closer to one another that one kind of got me um i also just enjoyed for just the sheer joy of uh seeing dylan punch this guy and uh that's that, that whole the way that people favorite, yeah the way that people just eat shit on these yeah. shit, when they get punched like the guy when he goes down flopping like, through the table flopping through the table like i think there's a bowl of popcorn that like lands on it it's just <laughs> it's i love the the just um exaggerated pratfalls that people take when they whenever they just eat shit off of a punch like that the southpaw so, dylan too i always forget that he's a lefty but mm -hmm. yeah that's one of my favorite scenes that dude doug might be one of the most pathetic characters ever on the show yeah, yeah it was good but he oh, had some pretty lines though mr clean was good yeah mm -hmm. sobriety please but like literally he's just an asshole causes chicken bitch he's wasted <laughs> and he gets clobbered and runs away <laughs> twice and then disappears yes. like titus well over the fucking yeah, he's probably still with sarah though last we saw so yeah he, he gets to <laughs> die night swimming with uh sarah in uh, a month good <laughs> Uh, all right, most important scene. I, I just want Dylan and Brenda's talk at the end because it, it just foreshadows so much. You can kind of feel, like you said, Rocco, the dread seeping in that maybe you know they need some freshening up a little bit. But it's it's probably the most influential scene for what's to come. Yeah, that was mine as well. Yeah, that that's great. It's uh, it's them acknowledging these things that we have been picking up on for the past several episodes now. And really making a meal out of it. <laughs> so uh, a very, very important scene. Very um, pivotal pivotal in terms of the foreshadowing as well. So um, I'm glad I'm glad we went there. Mm -hmm. All right, most 90s look. I went to all the aerobic wear at the cardio funk. It was very 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, that and the, um, what the hell? Uh, Luke Perry's that Mexican blanket surfer hoodie thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That like every yeah. dude I know who smelled like weed and wasn't the fish was was wearing in the nineties, yeah. Uh, most nineties moment, I went just the cardio funk class jazzercise. It was very, all that was very nineties. The whatever that place was, Bob Evans, whatever it's called. Um, karaoke being like this mind blowing thing. Is, yes, uh, yeah, pretty ninety. Geraldo, 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 whatever the fuck his name is, Rico Suave playing was a pretty nineties thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I will add. Sorry, that dude, that dude says something to Kelly or Brenda about if they're a Star Search spokesmodel. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. That might be more 80s, honestly, but yes. I mean, these are kids mm -hmm. who grew up in the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some uh, some of the ones. Besides also parents answering phones. So that's one. Well, yeah, I, I had that one on the list. Uh, parents answering phones, not knowing who's going to answer the phone, and just answering machines as well. Mm -hmm. That's how mm -hmm. Dylan learns that... Uh, Sarah's in trouble potentially. Um, well, I mean, and I guess it's it's very '90s as well to be pre-med and dating a 16-year-old. 
and he didn't he didn't hit play that call was incoming like she says like incoming and like i've been in mm -hmm. situations like that in my youth where it's like this answering machine could be the end of my life right now yeah. if this is uh, <laughs> if this ear is turned this is a telemarketer you know, i'm gonna rip it out of the wall and just say i thought there was a fucking like a bot fly on there or something but yeah definitely a, a 90s thing all right uh best lesson learned uh had two you can't save everyone dylan <laughs> and also a 24-hour karaoke not the way to go <laughs> karaoke is corny equally important lessons definitely um i think maybe like if you have a hot teenage girlfriend have sex with her before you ask her to make a sandwich for her that's no. a yeah and like don't combine really... uh sex and food like george <laughs> if one hot girl dish dumps you says no to you just turn to her friend and ask her to go out with you is another lesson that you should probably yeah learn. why not yeah well especially kelly had been given some signals too I mean, that's not a great sign to, for her self-worth, and you can see why certain things happen with a cult later that she really does not have yeah. much esteem or self-esteem, that she's literally mm -hmm. just like, I will be the scraps. I will yeah. be the, uh, yeah. the, the Frank. Yeah, her self-esteem is in the trash right now with guys, for sure. Yeah. Uh, best hookup, I went, uh, I don't know, I went Tim and Brenda, I guess. Like, he at least, like, put the effort in, and I could see why she was a little enamored with him. Maybe Dylan's a little bit more brooding and a little more... You know, like they're just I don't want to say boring, but like Tim comes in, he's flashy, he's cracking jokes, he's singing, like you know, so I thought that was like they at least had some fun. I, I couldn't go Dylan and Sarah because of the premise of how they got together and like it just it felt like just wrong from the start, you know. Like it would have been way hotter sex with those two, but it's right. not the most uh yeah, it would have been well Well, I embraced the darkness. I went with Dylan and Sarah. <laughs> Well, I think both you, guys are it is, it's still... both you guys are insane because reunited and it feels so good. Jim and his keyboard is the greatest mm -hmm. love story okay. so far in the yes, first two yes. seasons. And he is back. He ends two episodes playing this keyboard. Two it. episodes end with that. You love that. I just hope there's more. All right. Quotes. I had a few. I'm here to exercise and nothing else, says Brenda at the beginning. <laughs> uh, I got a, ship, a job shampoo here at a salon. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Dylan says to Sarah. <laughs> um and then I don't know how Sinatra does it, Jim. That that was my favorite. It was such a great line. The delivery is like impeccable. I don't know how Sinatra yeah. does it. Yeah. The only other one, I mean, you'd mentioned it earlier, was Dylan talking about. It. I've never seen so many people acting. So many so sober people acting so stupid. Yeah. I mean, Brando's "I give great mouth to mouth" is kind of sleazy, and uh, what's it? Jim's a uh, push drug pusher. Uh, get people to try karaoke once, and they'll be hooked. It's like, <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Oh, and. Um, I used to like to get high and ride them waves. I don't know. I kind of just like that line because it was like it kind of just shows yeah. like, people are living in the, mm -hmm. the living under still the bubble of the drinking mm -hmm. times were the best of my life in a weird way. And it reminds me of the movie Pieces where they say smoking pot. There's nothing better than smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed. So I really <laughs> like those. All right, final grade. I actually lowered it as we talked through the episode. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it is a lot of it was off. Like the montage. Some of the Dylan Sarah stuff, like really everyone else is marginalized besides Dylan and Brenda. And, and I mean, Jim puts in a great performance just because he's a dynamic actor. But like Steve, Kelly, you know, Kelly's minimal. She gets some stuff. Kelly, I mean, Steve, mm -hmm. Andrea, David, Donna, like none of them do anything in this episode. No. It's so hyper focused. 
so I went five and a half. I was at a six and a half until we talked, and I went down a full point to five and a half out of ten. I mean, maybe if you cut the net and the karaoke and just have like the actual... that was my favorite part. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm I'm saying because like a lot of the stuff, like we were saying, like there's no discussion of why she would want to go with this guy, and like it's just Kelly judging her and her really not saying much about it. Where it's like, and Dylan just kind of, and then they're like in that bubble. It would have been right. better maybe to have Dylan have a conversation with Brandon about this girl or something like that, where you're really right. getting into it because it would just it wouldn't seem so out of nowhere really not that not out of nowhere but it just when you end the episode with this really short conversation because it's so curt that conversation right. at the end where it's like maybe that could have been longer i i, I know that without that stuff this episode is a fucking slog of just sadness really with i guess without the the comic release but it just seems like it's a rushed the the important beats are rushed through yeah mm-hmm or what should have been the big time, big time tonal whiplash. I almost think would have preferred a, a nonstop slog of sadness wall to wall because at least it would have been consistent. Um, not to say you can't do the the karaoke subplot and, and Jim getting reacquainted with his Casio and whatnot, but do that in another episode, right? Um, there's no reason it has to occur here. Um, I mean, I, I like this in theory. I, I like what they're trying to do, but the execution is, it leaves a lot to be desired. And I think maybe it would work better if whoever is playing Tim just had a little more screen presence, like, I don't know, more more uh, uh, charisma, anything. Just right. he seems so flat. I don't, I'm not convinced that Brenda would really go for this guy who's who's like, being very very aggressive and uh the, just the way that he's putting the, the moves on her just maybe I, it I don't is so it. dichotomous from dylan that that is uh the thing that's kind of because they both are yeah, really, just, they're, they're both gravitating towards people who are the opposite end of the spectrum of their partner right true true i don't know i just i i, I could see the whole the idea of dylan and brenda it's, it's getting a little bit old and maybe they want to see what else is out there but to be Dylan's side of it is, is more convincing, right? Just because he does have the history with this chick. Like I, I can see how that would happen. Um, but Brenda just, I don't know. It, it feels more like a season one Brenda storyline than anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't on board with that. I, I guess I'll give it. I'll split the difference and give it a six. You said you're at six and a half, went down to five and a half. Yep. JT, I'll I'll give it, park it right in the middle, give it a six. Yeah, the six sounds better. Six uh, sounds about right. But yeah, as you say, like it's it was a really weird episode that was really unsatisfying for me at the end mm -hmm. uh, with that Brenda Dylan stuff. Mm -hmm. If they didn't cut the scene where Jim is uh, American Pie styling into the keyboard, that would have really nailed that at the end for me. But Yeah, would have brought it up. And a coaxial input. All right, uh, trackers, new characters. We had Tim Matthews, we had Big Doug, Oop. and then uh, Ben, the sponsor. Of course, we had already had Sarah on the show, so we didn't. Have Bob Silver's Health World. That's a well, sure. that's a place that they mm. will get there. Mm. Okay. Uh, relationships: We have Brenda and Tim, Dylan and Sarah, and then yes, place of things: We have Bob Silver's Health World, and then the AA meeting. Possibly um, Dylan's inside bungalow because yes, be the first time. could be the first for Dylan's house. inside bungalow. Yes, I just want to be Bob Silver. Where's he at? Yeah, I guess he's a big well, health yeah. guru. Maybe he was the old guy doing karaoke at the end. All right. Uh, here's all the songs we had. 
In the aerobics class, we had We Want the Funk by Gerardo, as you mentioned. Do I Diddy Diddy uh, by Manfred Mann. And then Your, che Your Cheating Heart by Hank Williams. Bebop Balua by Gene Vincent. That's another song Jim sings. Uh, Wild Thing by the Trogs. And then To All the Girls I've Loved Before, Julio Iglesias is also being sang in one point. I'm sure there was others in there, but that's that's the Eclectic, bull. No doubt. All right. <laughs> Let's but get Manfred to our ranks. Songs that are not Bruce Springsteen covers. <laughs> True. Mm. All right, let's get to our rankings. Uh, so we we had maybe our most zeros. We had eight: Jackie, Mel, Felice, Teasley, Emily, Scott, Iris, Henry. None of those are in there. And Doug, the biggest zero. Yes, of course. Well, he'd be at the top. <laughs> um, all right. So I had this is the order I had the the back end. So these are the five that really did nothing. But I went in order. I think of like at least talking to not talking. So I had Donna mm. at the bottom with nine because I really don't think she does anything. Andrea at 10 because she had a sing alone. So I gave her the bump over to <laughs> um, David at 11 because he at least kind of commiserates about the singing. Steve mm -hmm. at 12 because he puts the end to everything and tells Brandon. So that's why I ranked those five background characters. My only thing I liked with Donna was her weird Statler and Waldorf thing at the uh, when the Tim was in the in the place and she's kind of like mocking the whole situation with Kelly. All right. Would you rather have that above uh, Andrea? I'm okay with it. I mean... Andrea gets enough hatred, but uh, why not? <laughs> okay. I'm right with that. Too. Andrea at the bottom. But, Just because well, she forgot about, Well, I forgot about Donna. Yeah, she did have more. I tried to do it by like volume of lines since none of them mm. had much. All right. Then I had Cindy and then Nat next. Um, do we feel yeah. all right with Nat above Cindy in this one? I feel like he had a lot yeah. more going oh, on. Yeah. Nat, Nat above Cindy for that moment where he's like, what am I doing this alone? When he's uh, <laughs> doing in the brand that we're talking. <laughs> Such a fucking yeah. Ginzo move right there. I love it. That was good. Um, all right. Then I had Brandon, who's had consecutive kind of finishes late toward the bottom here. Uh, been a rough little stretch for, for Brando. He's yeah, had like nothing since Emily Valentine. I know that. Yeah. The, Maybe they went so the hot heavy they figured whatever. like they would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dylan and, and Brenda is the most notable relationship on the show at this point. I think right. it's what people mm -hmm. it's hooked everyone since the, the pregnancy scare. I think it's yeah. been, even though Emily came in, I still think that's like the thing that people think about right. about this era of the show. Yeah. And I think to Tim's point, like they did go hard with the Emily Valentine stuff. I mean, he was on a ton with all of that. So mm -hmm. I could see why they figure um, let's back was, off now. Yeah. And it was meaty. He had a lot of shit going like a lot right. of meaty scenes and stuff like that. So even in this, in the Scott death, death episode, like, like, yeah, there was a lot of Brandon in all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, all right. So then I had Kelly next because I feel like after the kind of the big three of this episode, she had the most going on. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then I went Brenda and Dylan in that order. I thought Dylan was a little bit more compelling than Brenda through this one. Yeah, I would agree. I I kind of think Brenda wasn't compelling at all, but she um she has more to do than the other characters and is just probably probably second to Dylan, yeah, for this one. Uh, and then I had Jim number one. I mean, I, I think he was to me the <laughs> best. Part. Right. To me, he was the best part of this episode by far. Like he, the karaoke was great. His enthusiasm around it all. Uh, I loved like the, those lines that we talked about were great. The Sinatra line: "Who knew accountants could be so groovy?" Like I just, it was just he was on fire in this episode. Just a tour de force. Without him in this episode, to me, this is like 
I would have been probably a lot lower. It because without him, it does it has the more tone of like the later episodes that are very morose, you know, and it right. was very dramatic, heavy, and they barely had much. So yeah, without him, also like there's definitely some weird subplot. Like, why is he having to push the client's product so much? Like, I feel like maybe he like something happened. He made a bad he move at work. Up, yeah. yeah, like there's some weird Glenn Gary Glenn Ross shit fucking happening where he's really got to push these karaoke machines across. Right. Yeah, yeah, they got them. They got them working hard in the karaoke business. They're gonna break my the... thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I need the good leads. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, it it feels wrong in some ways, but I I can't really argue against it. So give it to Jim. He's gonna go down singing, and you know he's going on the ground, but he'll always be with us. No, I I I really enjoyed him the most in this episode. To me, it was it wasn't even close. So it wasn't even like I didn't even have to think about it. I was, I was ready to rock the whole time. Fantastic. Um, all right, Tim, you want to quickly tell all of our fans how they can contact us, etc. Uh, yes. So I would emphasize first of all our Facebook account. It is called 9021 No So, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. That's what this show is called. So you can find that uh, page on Facebook. You can join us, join the discussion there. Uh, JT, you and I are hanging out, responding to comments as they come up. But um, fun little community I feel like we're building over on uh, Facebook. We have a Instagram presence as well. We are 9021 no so podcast on instagram so if you prefer that over facebook and still want to interact with us um certainly hit us up on instagram as well um you know the the 902 no so show that you're listening to it is a spinoff of course of the north south connection podcast so if you want to uh support the show in a roundabout way you could Check that out. Subscribe today. There's video presence as well for the North-South Connection. You can find that on YouTube. Just search North-South Connection. A lot of great um, video podcasts as well you'll find uh, on the YouTube. And uh, if you like this show, if you like what you're hearing from us, please subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Uh, obviously, a good non-monetary way to support us mm-hmm. and support the show Leave us a review as well on Apple Music if you like what you're hearing. And I think that'll about do it for me. I do have a Twitter, or I never know what to call Twitter anymore, so I just still call it Twitter until we all are forced <laughs> to leave out. because, yeah, it's a it's a paid service. Psych68CYKE68 on Twitter if you want to hit me up there. All right. Here's our rankings. Uh, so here's today's episode. Uh, Henry, Iris, Scott, Emily, Mrs. Teasley, Felice, Mel, Jack, Yale with zeros. That leaves Andre with nine points, a very unearned nine points. Uh, Donna with 10, David with 11, Steve at 12, then Cindy, Nat, Brandon, Kelly, Brenda, Dillon, and Jim Walsh, the king of the episode. Here's our season two totals. We have Mrs. Teasley at the bottom with six, Felice Martin with 13, Iris McKay at 16, Scott Scanlon forever ensconced at 38. Henry Thomas at 47, Mel Silver at 60, Jackie Taylor at 62, Emily Valentine at 94, Nat Basuccio at uh, even 100, jump up to Cindy Walsh at 207, Jim Walsh at 222, Donna Martin 225, Andre Zuckerman 226, David Silver 229, Steve Sanders 240, Kelly Taylor 246, Dylan McKay at 290, 
Brenda Walsh at 305, slightly starting to gain a little bit on Brandon Walsh at 319. And our all-time standings has Teasley at 6, Felice at 13, Iris at 16, Henry at 47, Mel's at 60, Jackie's at 75, Emily at 94, Scott's uh, buried with 102, Nat at 150, big jump up to Donna, who's now at 306, David at 355, Andre at 369, Cindy at 374, Jim at 380. We jump up to Kelly at 415, Steve at 431, Dylan's at 449, and then a big jump up to Brenda at 548, and Brandon at 560, still doing the pace. So, Rock, I want to thank you for joining us. As always, my friend, Tim, we'll be back in three weeks with another episode as we tick toward the end of season two. Uh, Be sure again to subscribe, leave some comments for us on social media, uh, and share us around if you don't mind. If you want to find me, you can find me at Bob Silver's Health World, talking to teenagers about uh, Geraldo. Of course. And you can also check out Chains of the Dead, Rocco's death metal band, uh, if you're into that as well. It's a big crossover course between Teen Soaps and death metal. Why not? Uh, Check it out. Don't forget the Melrose place to be at angelfire.com. Yes, coming soon. Yeah. Chain to the dead. Check it out. Dim I like that. I'd, 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 I'd rather make a joke than you fucking promote my dad. Yeah. Dim some dead. So I told her all the things I've been dreaming of. Now we're together nearly every single day singing. We're so happy and that's how we're gonna stay singing. Man. She's mine, I'm hurt, she's mine, waiting bells are gone.